so um <clears throat> where was i um Both so now uh, <laughs> yeah History in the Diary of Doom. I am your Cypher Dylan, and join me as we look back on the rich history of Doom Metal and its sister sounds based on their accounted tales of its followers. Every week we will have a different guest to spin their yarn. You can visit the website at diaryofdoom.com, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook, follow the podcast on diaryofdoom.podbean.com, and subscribe and listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you may stream a uh, podcast from. If you have a question or any other such nonsense, you can fire off an email to diaryofdoom1968 at gmail.com. Uh, joining me for this week's chapter is Will from the band Milana. They're based out of Mallorca, Spain, and uh, they're a relatively new band, um, but they've already got a little bit of a, a following. Um, we'll find out some more about them. So thanks for taking the time out of your day to, to speak with me. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me here. It's absolutely a pleasure. And well, I, I, as, as I mentioned, there, there are no words. Um, I mean, so, someone at, at the other side of the ocean is, is taking care and, and it's, um, we, it's willing to know more about what we do and how we do that. And for a musician, it's, it's, it's everything. So, so thank you so much for having me here. Oh, my pleasure. Like I mentioned, uh, Milana is a relatively um, new band that just popped up uh, within the last couple of years, which all things considered was maybe, maybe not like, and nobody knew that it would, there would be such a, a hurdle to get through, um, you know, following that. But, um, you know, leading up to uh, the creation of the band and everything, like what, what are your earliest experiences with music? Do you come from a musical background or was it something that you pursued on your own? Uh, well, my, my first experience uh, with, with music were basically that, I mean, many of the guys in the band grew surrounded by music and they had a huge musical background from their uh, parents or friends that were listening to all that. Uh, say legends of rock and fusion and jazz uh, on the 60s, 70s, 80s, but it's not my case. Aside that, my dad was a great classical guitarist, uh, guitar player, and he was very good at that, but it's not a thing that a kid uh, really loves. I mean, that, that was this kind of ultra-complicated things that they do, and that was not a thing that was pleasant to my ear. But So I, I basically uh, had no experience as a kid, uh, music-wise, aside from things that were going on on the 80s, uh, which were super interesting from a 90s uh, and 2000 guy point of view, but at the time they were considered just like bread and butter. It's not the thing that you really um, get get caught in, and 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 that that's basically it. Uh, my my experiences with music were basically that. I remember. 
it was like 84. I was seven years old at that time. And, and Iron Maiden were on the, on the national TV. And that's, mm. that, that's, that's, uh, that, that, that's crazy from, from, from nowadays point of view. So they went on the national TV for a live show or something like that. And I was really blown by that. I mean, you see things that you, you, you didn't ever imagine that that was possible with that long hairs, leather spikes and all that attitude. And, and I said, oh, come on, this is, this, 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 this never been seen. This is surely a game changer for me. And that, that was basically my, my background. I had nothing to, I mean, nothing surrounding me which was musically interesting at the time, aside of that experiences of Iron Maiden and things that you could see on the, on the national channels. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it. There's a pretty famous video of them uh, doing a live show in, I think it's Germany. Oh, yeah, 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 and, yeah, we'll play, and, but they, <laughs> yeah, but they were like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna play. They're like, no, no, you just lip sync. So they're like, okay. And they just uh, so that, that, that's around the audience, switched all the instruments around. Somebody was singing. That's amazing. And that, that's a good thing you could see on a national channel, which was, was mind blowing at the time. I, and it's, I mean, it's mind blowing from today's perspective. I mean, mm-hmm. if you think, think on that, uh, on, on how everything is pretty well um, canned, uh, everything is, is created to, to, to fill certain standards uh, today, and, and everything is directed to uh, a specific uh, public and everything. Uh, at that time, it was just transgression. I mean, in Spain, we were facing a time which was quite interesting. We were living a dictatorship at the beginning of the 80s, and there was a lot of cultural expansion, and people tried to be to transgress the rule and be and do something new and do something wild, and everything was pretty much allowed at that time. I mean, I remember as a kid that we saw um, TV shows for intended for kids, which were completely mind blowing. Uh, and and probably on that culture is on which we were um, built as as future musicians because we keep the, the spirit of transgression of doing things that have never been done and not not at, not not getting not going for the standard. Uh, so so that that were interesting times, beginning of the 80s to mid 90s. There were certainly uh, wild times on on the Spanish cultural sector. I mean everything changed for good. I, I would say. And and that, that that was basically there were I mean I remember these guys playing live there in in, in the national TV I mean it, it's insane I mean if you think on that the, the technical problems that they, they would face um, with uh, I mean only the sound guy the sound engineering to play a heavy metal show on the national TV which is not was not intended as and it's not intended for this in any sense that was wild and people people just went there and played and and, and that's it so we we, come, we basically come from an interesting background compared to today where you have people putting together their own streams and you know they have their home recording studios and you don't have to yeah. worry about all those technical hang-ups and it's so like to debut a music video on you know youtube or wherever is not really like a novel concept anymore it's just something that happens versus you don't really see that kind of uh, presentation on television because the uh, the medium has changed so much and the platform has changed so much and it's not used in the same way that it once was. Absolutely, absolutely. The, the, the thing is that before, I mean, I think that all the people my age uh, loving metal and loving heavy music in general, we all come from the same background. And that is due to that reason that we grew on that on that particular 
uh, mindset and that, that, that particular way of doing things. Today, I, I wouldn't say it's, it's bad. I mean, this kind of streaming things and everyone does his own thing is it's super positive but that um, makes I mean that creates another very different mindset and, we, and I wouldn't say it's bad but at that time we have we have a shared background if, even with guys in the northern European countries um, you can talk about things that went on on that time and and you pretty much will uh, find a common background uh, what is happening today is it's not bad it's a second it's a second take of the same thing mm -hmm. but it's, it's it's pretty it's pretty much different in terms of, of what I mean, I mean, you are, everyone now is the king of his own castle, I guess, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good way I, I, to put it. Yeah, yeah, and, and at that time we were basically um, driven by what was happening, but uh, there was probably at that time people didn't care much if they were uh, offending others or something like that. I mean, they were more... Um, willing to transgress the rule and do new things and do different things and obviously the technical means were scarce especially in, in spain and southern europe at the time but but i would say that we come from a, an interesting background yeah mm -hmm. definitely yeah I've, I've spoken with some um some european bands now for this podcast and it, i thought it was kind of interesting how um you know, obviously, like when I was being like when I was a kid getting, you know, uh, brought up like I didn't, you know, I'm, I'm a, a child of the 90s. So like I, I didn't have in America, you, you can have like the sort of traditional, you know, musical upbringing. But um, I never got I was never really imbued with the like sort of um, I don't know what you want to call it, like the Americana kind of stuff, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I, I mean, I like Bruce Springsteen a lot, like I'm from New Jersey, then, but like, I understand in Spain, like a lot of the traditional Spanish music is kind of is uh, instilled into you as part of like your, your upbringing, you know, kind of for better or for worse. And I thought it was interesting too how like in, in Italy, prog rock was essentially pop rock in Italy. And I thought that was fascinating, which that's basically what happened in the States. Like all of the progressive rock bands just mm. became pop bands because they needed to make money because nobody wanted to hear 20 minute guitar solos anymore Absolutely. because they're like, this is fucking boring. I don't give a shit about this and it's not marketable. So they just, you know, Yes did it, Styx did it, A Journey did it and like, I'd be honest, I fucking hate most of that music that came out later <laughs> in their career. I think it's pretty crap. But I, I just think that that's interesting. Like, so for you growing up, like, did, did you have to, did you navigate the the Spanish uh, cultural, like music, uh, cultural scene before you moved into something else? Mm, not not in my case, neither uh, the guys in the band, that, that, that's for sure, because here's, I mean, the traditional music, and um, here we have a huge musical tradition coming from the Moors and coming from the medieval mm -hmm. ages. I mean, I mean, culture here is, I, I mean, we, we have a, a lot of different kinds of, of traditional music to be based in and, and up to some point, some prog rock bands and even nowadays progressive metal bands and even extreme metal bands uh, try to say to fusion or to merge that traditional music into their um, this kind of more aggressive um, structures and that. But it, it never really succeeded, right? So, so we, I mean, as as far as I remember, we never got into Spanish traditional music. We we come from an island. An island is is a crossroad of of people coming in and going out, 
Um, probably the islands were a much more advanced place uh, to, 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 I mean, um, to develop in, in, a, in, in a musical sense at least. Uh, just have in mind that Jimi Hendrix played here in, I think it was 64, and he, he never played wow. in, in, in mainland Spain, but he dropped by where my parents live here in, in, the, in the capital. And he played here in a club with, along with uh, another bunch of famous, famous guys at the time. So Hendrix played here and never played in mainland Spain. I mean, the island has been always a, I mean, a, a crossover of people. And, mm -hmm. and that, that brought us uh, influences uh, that were nowhere to be seen in mainland Spain. So I would never say that uh, we are, we've been never influenced by the Spanish traditional music, but we, we hold some respect to this kind of darker kind of approach of the flamenco or, or mm -hmm. other kind of traditional music which are super dark and um, they basically um, share a vibe with them up to some point, uh, even though it's completely different language and that, that is a close community and you cannot enter that and you cannot merge that into your music because they get uh, up to some point angry. But, <laughs> but yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's like the jazz guys that they are super uh, conservative with their kind of way of doing things and that. Yeah. But So with the flamenco guys, which is, for me, it's the most interesting kind of Spanish traditional music. They they share the same thought on that. I mean, they want to keep it for themselves. There's a close community doing their thing, and and but but I share the vibe with them, or at least on on this on this side of the heavy music I, I play. But there's aside from that, there's not much uh, to be used um, on on Spanish traditional music. I mean, um, this kind and and besides that. This um, kind of Spanish traditional music was closely tied to the years of the dictatorship. There's what mm. sponsored, sponsored by these guys. And this, this was a, a sign of identity up to some point. So the new generations uh, automatically tried to push that aside and go for a new thing and go for the next, next big idea. Um, aside from the Spanish traditional music, aside from flamenco that no, no one understood and no one understands today. Uh, aside from that... Um, we are not, not. My generation is not influenced by that uh, in in any in any sense. That that's that's the truth. All right. That's interesting. That it was that uh, it kind of existed uh, parallel to the to the Spanish dictatorship that was yeah. operating the country. That they were like, no, no, this is the way that it must be. You know, and obviously things change and over time. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. For the better. Yeah, absolutely. That's 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 the truth. And and. I mean, we were quite far from Europe. I mean, we were geographically close, but on our mindset, on when I was a kid and my parents' time, we were we were quite quite far away in terms of mindset in Europe. I mean, musically speaking, and but but also in other in other parts. I guess that when I mean the the dictatorship was failing for like twenty years or something like that. And there were quite, I mean, at the end, they were more receptive to new things because they realized the truth that there was, a, I mean, there was no turning back. So um, we got a huge economic expansion at that time. And these guys, as long as you don't uh, fuck around and you don't get involved in politics, they, they 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 let you do your thing without without I mean but the, the the fact is that they sponsored certain forms of culture among which were this kind of Spanish traditional music which is kind of pop flamenco soft kind of Spanish music which is 
Uh, I mean, it's it's I, I don't like it in any way, but but we, we belong to to a whole new generation, and we started fresh, and it's the thing that we have to thank all the, the persons who came before us because we we are able to to start fresh and start anew. It's like adult contemporary in in America. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It should, it should be it should be something very similar. I'm I'm seeing this. Um, I mean, uh, if you know guys, metalheads, and people liking heavy music from uh, Eastern Europe, let's say Romania and Slovakia and Bulgaria, these kind of countries, they are basically on the same situation as the, 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 as the one we were uh, at the beginning of the 80s. I mean, they are just leaving something behind and they are starting fresh. The first thing that everyone does is try to copy the standards that they see around, but from there, they are able to develop their own thing, which is a thing that we, we did pretty well. Uh, the, the fact is that probably in Spain, you know that the Spanish as a language is is it's I think it's the second most spoken language in the world, something like that. I mean, it's it's, it's mm -hmm. like aside from Chinese, Spanish is the second. So many bands and many musical projects use the Spanish uh, in the lyrics and to communicate, and that puts them on a on a very different kind of market. I mean, uh, up up to a point, the bands uh, with good English and good lyrics in English and being able to communicate themselves with people, uh, English speakers from around the world. Uh, still, still, I mean, I wouldn't say they are uh, a novelty, but they are, there are uh, many, many bands that use Spanish as, as their, their the, I mean, as their, their tongue in order to communicate their music, and that puts them in, in a separate, um, say, a, a separate place. Uh, that's a thing which is lasting up, up to this day, of course. Pretty sure it's... Um... They, they're a Japanese band, and all their lyrics are in Spanish. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's corrupted. Yeah, I'm just going to fact check that. <laughs> just don't want to lose any of my cred. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, so there's Corrupted, the, Jap the Japanese doom metal band that sings all their lyrics in Spanish, which it's is cra it's, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's mind-blowing. But, but yeah, the fact is that um, Spanish is, is a widely used song, especially... Obviously, in South America and Central America and Mexico, but um, we always found that I mean, I mean, this is like the opera, right? I mean, um, right. The, the, the right language for the opera is the Italian. You can try it in German, like Mozart did, but and, and it's fine. But but it's not the thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, and I guess that it's for, for me, it's a must. I've never been in a, in a band singing in Spanish, but. Um, and, and it's it's not it's nothing cultural. I think that it sounds better in English. So so that's that. Again, it all depends on um, what you want to forward to others, and what do you want to share with others, and whether if um, you are able to to say to communicate and to get. Um, uh, a good a good level of communication in in English or in Spanish that that doesn't matter much, but here here's still the deal yes so when did you start to get into into heavy music um specifically like when did you um find like that uh that mm -hmm. little corner where you were like "Ooh, i like this and i i want to explore it more and like was there an album that kind of changed your perspective on things uh I, I would say it was perhaps 91 92 was probably the the best year for for Florida style death metal. Uh, that's oh, yeah. that, this became super popular in in Spain, and and I guess that I was a, I was in the high school. I guess was fifteen or sixteen or something like that. 
And uh, I was kind of the outsider that never hung up with nobody and, and up, up to a point, I mean, kind of a, a lowly guy. And um, I, I, don't, I don't really recall how that came to my hands, but it was, uh, I, was I think it was the first from obituary or I think it was, was slow the word from obituary. But that, that, that time, I mean, that opened a whole new, I mean, up to that time, I heard Metallica, I heard um, things that were on, basically, that, that 80s trash, thrash metal that was, was kind of, I mean, everything was, was basically there, but nothing, I wasn't really into, much into it. But I remember this first age of, of Florida's death metal with suffocation, with death, more with angel, of course. That's that's a must. Um, scenic. I remember all that time. Everything came together, and ah, that was that was massive, massive, and that really changed my life. I mean, and up to a point uh, that I mean, the next year or two years after that, everything mixed up with the Swedish and Norwegian things, black metal, and mm -hmm. the, the, the what happened in Norway in ninety one, I guess. And everything mixed together, together, and I think that was the golden age of the stream music, because everyone was into this. I mean, basically, the guys who were more into traditional heavy metal like Judas Priest and Iron Maiden, there they were, I mean, just like 3%, everyone was into extreme music at that time. And that really triggered something inside me. I mean, in, uh, you want to explore the, the frontiers of this kind of super heavy sound, at the beginning, when you start hearing this kind of records like uh, Alters of Madness of Morbid Angel and, and uh, this kind of, there was the, the, the I remember the, the, I mean, the cover from, I was butchered at birth from Cannibal Corpse. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, that, that was insane. I mean, you, you never, you, you could never think that that was even possible to put that on a, on a, uh, on, on a record. And, and that, that was massive. So that, I mean, that opened open many, 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 um, that, that triggered things uh, in me. And I, I wanted to explore that as far as I could. And that made me hang up with the bad guys, with the badasses, which, which were most onto this. Because at that time, I mean, for some strange reason, the guys on the extreme metal world were, were, were the badass guys on the, they're on the on the high school and and that basically was the beginning of everything so i, I wouldn't claim a specific record but um I, I would say all everything that came up in 91 92 92 92 something like that was was basically was basically massive we were not ready for that and that caused a massive impact and and nowadays when i talk to guys that i met at that time who, who they still play or or at least are involved up to some point in, in metal music, we all recall what happened when we bought the first from Emperor, mm -hmm. uh, Norwegian black metal band, or Marduk, or Mayhem, or, I mean, we all remember what we felt for the first time when we heard that. So that created a massive impact, and the ripples of that impact are still being shown today. I mean, we hang up with the same guys, and they all have, they all have bands, and they all try to explore the frontiers of this of this sound so that that caused a massive impact that's for sure you know now obviously you know you start your journey there and now you're in milana so like how can you talk about like how the band came together and like you know clearly you've 
transgressed the genres, you know, starting from like death metal, going to black metal, and finally you've settled on this, you know, sort of like fuzz rock, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, approach to things. Like I imagine that it's it may not be the longest story, but it does sound like you've known some of the the bandmates for a while, and like you, this is something you've wanted to do. Yes and no. I mean, this was again. This this is nothing I was prepared prepared for. I, I, I've been playing for long in in um, doom metal band called Hellaborn, which is is uh, I mean, we toured Europe, we, we toured uh, Canada, we toured the Iberian Peninsula for a few times, uh, but it, it's it's more uh, metal oriented kind of thing. So that that is a thing which is is very natural for me. And um, we released like four albums now, and that, that's that's perfectly fine. But I was I was a bit tired of doing the same over and over and over again. So I started hanging out with David, and and I knew him from like 20 years before. Uh, he was in like he, uh, a typical um, 90s metal act like Pantera, wannabe, this kind of thing, which was I mean you know that how this this works when when you're a teenager or something the first the first way to i mean your first approach is always to try to to copy or impersonate kind of different acts that you that you like and there were guys playing sepultura style there were guys playing pantera style and david was one of those i I played more much more norwegian kind of black metal at that time but um 20 years after uh that I, i got a call from david and he wanted to Put something together and in, in more in this kind of yeah we can explore these doom sounds but with a completely different approach i mean nothing like doom metal in the sense that i'm playing with my other band uh, but more um, on rock oriented like um, try to get in 70s vibe getting to get get trying to get some grunge into it which i i always uh, I, I, I was not into that by any means. Everything, everything came very natural. And he brought Pedro, which is the vocalist from the band. Uh, I know this guy. This guy, is, this guy is great. He wants to do something uh, with a bit of, of perspective. And we start hanging out and putting things together. And everything grew as a natural thing. I mean, it's very organic uh, without, I mean, without trying to push us, willing to do the things in another way that we were used to do at that time and everything grew very natural and when everything grows on that way you have to preserve it you have you have to feed it nourish it and and try to uh, make it big and and try to reach whatever uh, the direction is 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 heading us to but but again uh, everything came very natural and without stress even though that was a hard situation for me because my mom just at that time got severe health issue and I was a bit offside and I didn't want to carry on with this and just David just hey come on this is a this is a healing thing this is a thing that can help you uh, mentally to, to be mentally uh, stable and to be positive and to be because I was being on the negative side and the black metal side of life and mm-hmm. always been but so so that that helped me a lot and and everything grew so natural so that that, that that's the way we put this together yeah and the fact that you have a vocalist kind of it gives you almost like a little bit of that traditional metal vibe as opposed to just being like a power trio you know a lot of the times these power trio bands usually the vocalist is the guitar player or one of the other people in the band playing an instrument but like 
it really the music actually has a lot of um like melody to it. it so even if you have like a really long song the fact that it has sort of like peaks and valleys and um e and you know each like um choral or like each verse mm -hmm. has like a distinct sound to it so that the bridge doesn't sound like the solo doesn't sound like verse one doesn't sound like verse two etc cetera, etc cetera. like i can tell that you care about making each section of the song sound really good because you do have to keep someone's attention if you're going to write a seven minute long fucking song, you know, like, and I know that there's, there, there are bands that can pull it off with like one or two rips. There absolutely are, but you know, not every band can do that. Uh, I totally agree with you. I mean, it, it's all about the toolbox you have and the resources that you have to work with that tools. I mean, and, and it's all about, I mean, for, for me, it's, it's not a kind of, a structure process on which you say, okay, I want this kind of sound, I want this kind of riffs, I want the singer to sing this way or the other way, or I want the solo here, I want the drum solo here. It's 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 something much more organic, or to to see uh, how each one of us feels on a certain context or a certain musical context, and and move from there. Obviously, this kind of power tree, I think, is a thing which is is really cool. Uh, yeah, but you need a singer or a bassist that can sing, which is not our case, and and, and uh, unfortunately. But the fact that we have a, a vocalist that can do everything by himself, and and he he has a lot of, um, I mean, he's a very skilled uh, singer, but and and he is also very smart into putting this here and there and here, but not here. And I will repeat this. I'm not going to repeat this twice. And for us, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's something um, which is not quite, uh, it's, it's, not, it's not that you design the song to sound on a certain way, I would say. It's something, that, it's something that we are much more into the improvisation side and we try to, we don't try to figure out anything in advance. We just let things flow see where everything goes and where we feel comfortable with but obviously uh yeah about it, it's like the stereotypical band with uh singer guitar guitar player bass player and drummer and and yeah i, I mean fr from an aesthetic point of view that that's one choice one possible choice among among many but for us is how do how, if, if we feel comfortable with that and certainly that gives you more resources um, to be used if you have a good singer that can put things on a different way. If you are playing and singing, uh, aside from the fact that I cannot do that, probably you are much more limited on that sense, and you ha you have to focus your music towards a certain kind, certain set of uh, solution that will work for them. I mean, Motorhead is one of the heaviest bands ever. I mean, they are absolutely amazing, and no nobody imagines Motorhead with uh, Lemmy uh, just. Uh, singing and another guy playing bass. I mean, this is part of what they are in sleep, of course, this, and these other bands. Uh, but for us, it's how we feel um, that everything f flows and everything works. So, so we are happy with that um, that, that that idea of having a free singer to, just to sing. Yeah, and I mean, a lot. Of, I feel like a lot of the times, and it's not to discredit the as vocalist. You know, when you do have the um, the the vocalist. Uh, you know, instrumentalist combo, like, especially in metal, a lot of it's like, you're screaming, you're, you know, you're shouting, you're belting things out. So it's not as much focus as like, you know, when you're out there and you're projecting to actually like sound good, you know, you're kind of like making do with 
what you kind of like what you can it, Hey, it's not another like mouth to feed when we're on, you know, tour doing that kind of shit. So, but it, it's cool. And I mean, um, <laughs> you know, like good, good band vocalists, like know when it's like time to, you know, step forward and you're kind of guiding the show and then exactly step back and you can kind of tell that that's, that's the, the vibe that you have here. Um, exactly. You know, like uh, I had said earlier, you know, you just started off in 2019. You already have like a pretty like big following with just a couple of tracks out. So like, what was, what was it like putting those tracks together and uh, were you inevitably prevented from doing other things due to the pandemic? Uh, I would say it's, it's kind of opposite. I mean, we were, we, we just started hanging out late 2019 and we were able to put something together, but not much. And we were planning, um, we were planning for a full recording for 2019. That that's for sure. Which we are going to do this this year if, if everything just just goes goes right. But this this pandemic was uh, was basically uh, I mean was huge for everyone. I guess right in the states was was also oh, the yeah. same. But here we got a, a very long confinement of two plus months. After that, we weren't able to meet because there were restrictions on how many people can meet in certain spaces and so on. So we used that to create these songs. These, the songs mm -hmm. that you are hearing now were basically developed and created during the, the confinement. And, and that's what, that was kind of a healing experience for us because, I mean, uh, fortunately, we didn't suffer casualties in the families and, and everything went pretty much okay. But... Um, that the, the process of creating these two songs, which we, which were not two, were like six or seven, but only two were published due to this to this split we did with our colleagues in in Bisonte. Uh, mm -hmm. The the idea of developing these songs during the confinement was was a kind of a healing experience because you, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that this happens everywhere in the world. Probably everyone. Um, I mean, I mean, when when everything basically ended or, or the rough phase of the pandemic ended pretty much everyone was okay probably someone got this or was a bit sick or most of people were just okay physically but mentally it's going this is going to leave scars on each one of us for for a long time oh, absolutely uh, and, absolutely and everyone is scarred up to a point and and but but the, the problem is that on our on the societies we are part of it's not well admitted to express that you are broken up to some point and this affected you in a bad way and the society sees you sees, sees you as a weak guy or a guy that needs some help and you i mean you are not part of the cool people that are super happy instagram wise and they're publishing their photos with their girlfriends and doing this and doing that and but and, and the, the fact is that we live on a culture which is basically visual and you trust what you see and Everyone seems happy and satisfied with life, but this pandemic has left a huge scar on us. Not only for this, I mean, for unaccomplished things that you could have been facing during the confinement, also health issues, but uh, overall mental issues. And mentally, me me the, the mental uh, issues and the mental illnesses is a very big thing in Spain now. I think it's the same everywhere so so making music during that harsh times helped us a lot in order to focus and to to be positive and do something good uh and try to get as much attention as you can but n not not from a selfish point of view 
that's basically how how we use that uh, quarantine and COVID time. Probably it, it broke our schedule up to some point, but I wouldn't say it's much. I mean, we do things as we feel it, and and we use the time pretty pretty well, I must say. They are. It's remarkable, like how fully fleshed out they sound. You know, I imagine you, you did a lot of in like individual recordings yeah. and sort of like put it together remotely and whatnot. It, it's really cool, you know. It's just it's really cool how you were able to. You know, and I know you're not alone. A lot of people tried to make the best out of a bad thing with that situation. And, you know, certainly we'll be seeing a lot of music and um, and art to come out of this uh, in the months to come and the years to come. And I think you're right, definitely, about the mental aspect of it. I mean, it was essentially like a global, like, psychosis that we all went through. And it's like, to further comment on you saying it's a visual, like, we live in a visual manner it's not like when this happened a hundred years ago, you know, I mean, of course. That, you know, there were uh, certainly there were similar things happening, but now it's like, you know, like you said, you live in a culture where a lot of people just, just because they see something means they believe it. You mean, you know, you don't know if that's hundred percent true. Who even knows if those people that are supposedly happy are actually like happy, you know, they might just be doing that to put on a front or whatever, you know, if we all were a little bit more, responsive to the way that we were feeling mentally like we probably would be a better society but yeah I, that that seems that's hits the nail right on the head for me uh i i think and my point is that this is not only in, in europe or in the states i think this is global i mean mm -hmm. the, the problem is that the music always used to be a mean to connect with your inner self and connect to the spiritual world around you right and and the problem um, here is that no no I mean most of the people is not using the music as that mean to connect with yourself and to understand yourself better. Which for, for me music has always been um, uh, this, this kind of a healing experience or connection experience, uh, and that makes me believe that um, the visual aspect of the music and uh, this kind of this this kind of stereotypical things that you see on social on social media. Uh, say every day are a bit um, it's like the, the tip of the iceberg I mean yeah you have you need to have a good visual aspect you need to have uh, I mean everything needs to make sense on, on that on that front but aside of that you, you just just have this in mind on the on the old societies on the old times Things like, like uh, for example, I can I don't say I, I don't know if I can say this in, on your on your on your program, but like sex, like drugs, and like music were ways to connect uh, with yes. other um, realities or with yourself or with uh, your ancestors, whatever. Uh, and these kind of things are deemed as ridiculous now, and they are they are just. Um, uh, made, um, let's say, a, a product to be sold or something like that, or this, every, every turn, very, every, every of these uh, aspects um, just turn very vulgar and very, very, let's say, a thing which is not deemed worthy. And and um, I wouldn't I wouldn't talk about the other two aspects, but in the sense of the music, um, I guess that if you use this uh, as a as a way to connect with with this inner experience, everything flows better. Mm. And ab about the visuals, yes, I mean we are on a cultural. If you are on the social media, you, you have to be on the social media, like it or not. Yeah, for but, better or for worse. That that that's right. But but you don't need to believe everything what you see. 
And right. That, that's my point. Kind of redirecting back to the band, like um, the name of the band is pretty cool too. Um, for those not in the know, Milana uh, is a type of bird of prey that's, uh, what's, it, they live all over the world, but there's a specific type in Mallorca, the actual name of it, it's a kite. Um, that's right. And uh, you see these often circling over um, over the island. So like where, is that just like something you felt was representative of your of where you were? Like it was it worked for that, or it sounded cool, or uh, it it was it was Pedro the vocalist who who came with this name the very first day we met, and it was like okay, I never thought and I thought that because because Milana I think it's, it's the same in Spanish, but it's it's on our mother tongue, which is Mallorcan, which is a language which is spoken by by just a few here, and uh, Milana. The, I mean, the, the spiritual aspect of this is that uh, every time, even during the confinement, when you were, I live on the countryside, on the mountains, and when you just go around for a while to get a, a bit of relief and you go around your, the, I mean, the forest or whatever, you can see these birds hovering above you, encircling and circling. And this, from a spiritual point of view, is, is like the bird who sees the things from a different, completely different perspective. I mean, they, they don't care on, of your, uh, I mean, the daily things that you may be facing on the harshness. They, they see, I mean, it's, it's, just a, it's just the image of the bird, which represents basically the gods or a higher reality or a different perspective, a different way of seeing things. And um, that's, that's, that was a strong concept for me because... Um, no matter what happens, I mean, I mean, you have you have your comings and goings in your life, but if you wander around the mountains and you see these birds just circling around, circling around, they are on a different level, not only physically, but only um, in, in terms of your consciousness. I mean, this this kind of aspect is what what really um, Milana is about. It's seeing things from another perspective and try to see everything from a completely different perspective and that's the connection between us and um, and the, the, whatever reality is above us so that's the, the transcendence so that that's basically the meaning of milana aside from a bird which is gorgeous to see that that's for sure uh, we have similar things here um except it's turkey vultures and they're considerably <laughs> more repulsive animals so i don't i don't know what that says about uh the united states as a whole but uh it's certainly a a, a, a good dichotomy you have these majestic beautiful birds of prey over your beautiful island we have these repulsive scavengers that populate the land which is you know make what commentary you will of that we have that. We have that too here. So it's not only Milanas and Eagles, but we also have that. But yeah, we have everything here. Yes. I mean, good birds and bad birds. <laughs> um, so, so now that you've, you've put out your split with uh, Bismonte, is that how you say it? Bisonte. Bisonte, that's the name of the band. Sorry. Um, yeah. And I'm over here like trying to say the name of your band respectfully but my like terrible no no, no it's, 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 it's perfect it's perfect it's <laughs> my perfect. terrible new jersey accent is probably butchering <laughs> it. so now that you've put out that those two tracks on the split um and you have some other ones um sort of in the pipe ready to go like what what are your future plans now are you working to put out an ep or an album or or what we will go for a full lp yeah uh i, I mean i'm i'm pretty sure that uh 
right now we have like seven songs ready to go. And uh, and the good thing is that that's at the present moment that's really a need. I mean, it's the thing that you need to release. Um, mm-hmm. One year has passed since since the, no not well one year since the recording of these two tracks, and we need to to put down something new, and we are ready for that. So. Hopefully, uh, we will start recording the full LP on one one month, five weeks, six weeks, as long as we have uh, our our uh, the agreement with the studio, the, the studio guys and the sound guys, and uh, we will be able to deliver this by beginning 2021. I would say March at the most. That should be a, a good starting point. So we have seven tracks, seven new things. And this will be basically on the same vein, but different with a lot of experimentation. Um, there will be one song which will be, I mean, we'll try to record this uh, as we play it, uh, record live, um, in order to have a bit more of improvisation and this vibe of something very organic. We will try to experiment with, with different things. Uh, we'll go into blues. We'll let, we'll go into a bit of extreme metal and and things a bit more extreme, and it, it will be a good mixture. Believe me, I, I, it, this will be very interesting. I'm I'm thrilled to 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 I mean to to to, to do this, and I think it will be a very 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 new and heavy thing. I'm looking forward to to hearing it. Um, and just in terms of your role as like as the bassist in the band, like what's your approach to working on riffs and such? And you know, who are who are your main uh, influences? Um, for for me, everything is all about being fucking heavy. I mean, it's it, it the, the purpose of a bass player in these styles is to create a wall of sound, uh, a strong foundation for everything to work together. Uh, and and the idea for me, it's I mean this this was kind of a new approach for me because a metal, more kind of normal metal bass player, is much more on the on the on the kick. Everything everything starts and ends there. But with Milana, my approach is completely different. I try to do something very organic. I'm into loops. I mean, try to create a kind of hypnotic kind of patterns in order to. In in order to attain this kind of 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 thing of sound that we are looking for, for me as a bass player, I would say uh, yeah, my influences are are never ending. But I would say Cliff Barton, I would say Geddy Lee, I would say Billy Sheehan, I would say this kind of super uh, elite rock and metal bass players. And on the jazz side, there are plenty of others like um, Kennedy like uh, Marcus Miller, mm-hmm. like this, this, I mean, my influences are John Patitucci, uh, my influences are never ending. But but what I, what I took to, to do here is basically be the foundation of the band and just create a wall of sound which is thick and, and allows everyone to move within that thick thickness and, and try to, uh, th- this is basically the idea, which is not the normal approach that a, a, a metal bass player takes mm-hmm. on, these, on these styles. Have you been listening to anything lately that you've really been enjoying? Oh yeah, tons, 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 tons of things. I, I, I would say I was really impressed by Kalel, which is a band from from uh, is a European band. I would say Mahasofona, this kind of uh, super. Um, they has they has they has a part of experimentation and psychedelia, which is super super attractive for me. King Buffalo, I would say, and. Mm-hmm. There are many more. These are on the on the stoner. Uh, I, I love Eremit, which is a German band. Oh, they're awesome. Uh, 
awesome. Uh, probably the best, best I heard in, in, in years. I mean, I love them. This idea of having 30 something minute songs, I mean, it's crazy. And the sound is so thick. I mean, it's massive. I love that band. And that this is basically what I'm most in on the stoner front, although I'm hearing, I mean, I'm not kind of a 70s Black Sabbath and uh, Hendrix guy, but David is, I mean, the, the good thing in, in Milan is that we are pretty much balanced in terms of influences. I mean, we all uh, listen to actual things, but uh, aside of that, we have many different influences. Mine are a bit more extreme. David is more on the 70s, Jimi Hendrix kind of thing. Um, broke rock from the 70s um, and uh, Pedro the vocalist is much more into blues and this kind of moody waters kind of thing which is swamp blues this kind of uh, influences he's much more into that but he also loves motorhead and and uh, on actual music uh, which is not basically related to these stoner uh, things I'm, I'm, I'm a big lover of European uh, doom metal acts like Draconian, like um, uh, Swallow, Swallow the Sun, like Alcest, like all, all this kind of European kind of stuff, which is it's been going on for like 20 years. I mean, uh, much is being said. So from my point of view, this this vibe of, of stoner doom, uh, which is much more um, heavy and massive on that, uh, it's not that metal related thing. But I would say there's th th these huge bands always deliver uh, good, good, good things, and th that's what I'm basically in. Now. Yeah, I can't say enough good things about Aramit, and their most recent yeah. release was fantastic. Absolutely. Um, let's see, what have I been listening to? There's a great, um, there's a great band out of Germany called Acid Rooster. They're like very, like really super trippy uh, psychedelic rock that I feel like they're doing a good job of standing out from the rest. I really enjoyed their latest release. There's another, there's a, a US band called um, Kowloon Walled City. They're really fantastic. Just like really a grim uh, wall of noise approach to things. And uh, just, you know, for a little bit of, of uh, death metal, the new uh, Creeping Death EP, Edge of Existence was awesome. I, I loved it. I think I actually might like it a little bit more than even their album that they, their their debut or whatever came out with like last year or like really fantastic. Like really, really blew me away. Like sounded super good. Uh, the good thing is, I mean, probably um, the number of releases that you see nowadays, it's, it's, it's never been, I mean, it's, it's never been this good, I, I guess. I mean, from, from the 90s point of view, you only got like 10 to 20 releases a year from bands that could, could be, I mean, let's say first division. Uh, but, but nowadays you are seeing amazing bands released, released every, every, not every week, basically every day. Uh, and and it's it's so hard to track everything down yeah. and to hear to, to everything that needs to be heard. And that's that's really that's really I mean that's a very good thing. But on the other hand, that's really a, a, a problem because there are fantastic releases that just go undiscovered because there are like a hundred releases in a month. Uh, and and I, I would say that I think that Europe is 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 an interesting place to to. To play in because mm -hmm. here here the, the approach is perhaps a bit different than the one you have in the states and here is much more underground oriented i mean i mean things from the underground can move 
higher in no time just by word of mouth yeah uh, that's the but, same here yeah so 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 i guess that that pr probably we as a 90s guys uh, we find some pleasure in that on finding something which is a rare gem and no no one knows this band hey listen to this this is fantastic oh yeah that's that's incredible and on on a, on a matter of months that band goes on 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 a boom and and everyone knows them everyone knows them from from there on and and that's that that's, that's the joy of living this time that there are many many releases and many things to be to be heard and and that that that's that's that, that's the that's the good thing of living these times that every day is a surprise yeah absolutely yeah i'm i'm almost pleasantly surprised every single day that i'm checking something out absolutely absolutely is there anything you'd like to plug or promote at this time? Well, uh, stay tuned. We will have something new to offer you in, in no time. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I really, really, really thank everyone for their support. I mean, for, for me, it's, it's been massive releasing only two tracks and having this much uh, support for, for, for from everyone, basically. And, and uh, Dylan, uh, for me, again, uh, just to tell you that, um, I'm thrilled to be here and I'm super thankful um, and people um, I mean I mean for, for us for us it's um, just just have in mind that being from an island from a, from a small place even though it's very well communicated and 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 so on but but being from a small place uh, having this much impact as the one we are having being in your podcast and being interviewed interviewed by you with a, pod, a podcast like like yours man uh super thankful definitely super thankful to everyone and let's put something on the table for for the for the coming year and you will you will like it i'm sure hey it's my pleasure to have you on and do my part to to get your to get your music out there to the world um but yeah you go shall go follow uh, milana on uh instagram and bandcamp they're pretty easy to track down um although i did come across the wrong music page it went to a what seemed to be like a 12 year old yeah. boy from sweden or something <laughs> it was like a drum uh a fiction like i'm trying to think of it uh the word uh i don't know i don't remember the i don't remember the name of it anyway uh you, you will be able to find them out there <laughs> and 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 yes i i and if if you i mean if you track us uh, it's uh i mean you'll probably find another band called milana which do spanish rock or something like that in spanish we are, which are absolutely weird, but but hey, uh, I mean we are not related to them, but but uh, just just check it out. I mean, I mean if you go for uh, Milana Band on Instagram and in Bandcamp, we are easy to find, and we are not related to the other guys who do Spanish traditional music and Spanish rock or something like that. We'll um, try to stay being heavy as fuck. So, so again, thank, extremely thankful and thanks, thanks for having us here. Definitely a pleasure. Awesome. My pleasure to have you on again. Yeah, go check out Milana and that'll do it for this chapter of The Diary.
Compared to today, too, where, you know, people are doing streams and that 
It's our uh, grocery <laughs> delivery. <laughs> Probably buzzing it. 